Thank you, Jen. What a beautiful introduction. And how awesome are Dan and Jenny? I had dinner with them on uh, Friday night and I just said afterwards, I just felt inspired, I felt encouraged. Every time I see them, I, I feel the same. These guys just rocked up at our church in Apollo Bay one Sunday night. This was before I had anything to do with Divergent. And uh, they were just a blessing to us. They kept, I think you've come a few times. And then uh, one summer you came and we were down the beach having a picnic and you said, um, well, you said, oh, we've moved to Canberra and we're going to a church called Divergent. And, and at that point I went, oh my goodness, amazing. I said, well, we've just connected with uh, Josh and Ange and Rach and Cade and I'm sort of linking in with their uh, global leadership chat and really being mentored by Josh and Ange. And we were both like amazed, weren't we? We were like, oh my goodness, how amazing is it how God works and he sets things up and he puts people in your life at the exact right moment. So um, a little bit of my backstory uh, is that I grew up in a fairly dysfunctional family. Uh, my mum marri married a non-Christian. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic and life at home was pretty full on. Let's just put it that way. And uh, when I was 15, isn't it funny how God uses people? But when I was 15, my dad, who's not a Christian, he wants to take my mum dancing. They've never gone dancing before. But he decides he's going to take my mum dancing. He doesn't take my mum out. And he says to us kids, I'm 15, do you want to come dancing with us? And I'm like, no way am I going dancing with my parents. Anyway, turns out it wasn't a dance. It was a Christian outreach concert. I'm not sure if the advertising was horrible and my dad thought it was a Christian da a dance or... I'm not, I think the Holy Spirit wanted to get my dad there that day to Apollo Bay. There'd been some church planters that had been based in Geelong and someone had been on their case, you've got to go to Apollo Bay. So my pastor and his wife, and my pastor's passed away, I might talk about that in a minute, but uh, my pastor and his wife had been in Colette. They were just reopening the church in Colette. There was three people. And this church planter from Geelong said, you need to come with us to Apollo Bay. Let's see what God will do. They were looking for one family. <laughs> Who knew it would be mine? I didn't even go. But my dad also, and I, this just blows my mind, somehow, somewhere, someone had told him about Alpha. And so he mentions to this pastor, what about the Alpha course? And they said, okay, we'll do the Alpha course. We'll come to Apollo Bay once a fortnight and do Alpha. And so here I am at 15, Doing Alpha, it is the old style Nicky Gumble on a VHS, okay? It is not the cool stuff that we have today. But as I'm doing Alpha, God starts to speak to me. And my mom had been faithful. She'd taken me and my sisters to a little uniting church where we were about the only kids every Sunday. We were late half the time. I really didn't want to be late today because I hate being late. And then, yeah, but I was. But that's okay, you'll forgive me. And so we, 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 we used to go along and then we're, we're there in this Alpha course and all of a sudden I'm challenged. Will I actually start to read the Bible for myself? I'd never actually opened the Word and read the Bible for myself. And then I don't know when, you know, people say, oh, look, on this date I got saved. I don't know when it happened, but something changed in me. And all of a sudden I was a different person and I started 
to want to reach uh, the young people of my community. We had church. We were still singing songs like Shout to the Lord, but from a uniting church, that was just out of this world amazing. Uh, And I was just connecting with the Holy Spirit and God was moving. And so when I was 17, I said to my pastor, can we start a youth ministry? And, and he, they weren't living in Apollo Bay, and so they let me just get the local kids and start a youth ministry, and that's what you're talking about, um, the, the, the story that Jen knows. But it's just amazing how God can work and that he can use like a donkey, he can use someone that doesn't even know Christ to bring about change in my life. It has, that decision of my dad to take my mum dancing that day has changed my life, the course and direction of my life. And uh, so I served in youth. Uh, I then became the associate pastor. And we're in, Apollo Bay is a town of about 2,000 people. It's on, do you know where it is on the coast? Does anyone know where we're talking about? It's a beautiful place. And uh, where we had a church in Colac as well. So that my pastors spent time and effort and energy to have Sunday morning in Colac and make the trip down to Apollo Bay every week, where sometimes there was 10 people. But they, but they didn't, and, and I just felt a call in my life. I went to Bible college. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting how God works. And I'd put certain limitations on myself. And then my pastor, uh, just before Christmas 2018, he didn't tell me till after Christmas. He was a builder. He was uh, 67 years old. He had just this vision for our church and he was starting before his cancer diagnosis. We were going to lead as one. We were starting to try to develop the fivefold in our leadership team and he knew that he was passing the baton. He says, we want to go to this model. I don't want me to be the senior leader. I want us to start to, 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 to minister and to lead as one. And we were like, we don't know how this works, but we're on the journey and uh, then he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer uh, at the, just before Christmas 2018. And you wouldn't have known it preaching on, on uh, the first Sunday of January. He was just still going to preach the word. And he, they were so faithful. And we went on a journey. And I prayed a lot. I cried a lot. Uh, he was a spiritual father to me. And in that journey, you know, you just step up when you have to sometimes. Anyone been in that case? You just step up when you have to. And so I stepped up and started to kind of lead our church. And uh, Pastor Peter went home to, to be with Jesus in October, 3rd of October 2019. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, what's happening with the church now? Like, and I felt called and, and at that point, this is where the diversion comes in, I was like, I'm a single woman. And there had been people from the state exec come down and they're like, the church is going well, but what are you going to do? It's <laughs> like, okay, is that a backhanded compliment? <laughs> um, have you thought about what you're going to do? And as I was praying about it, we'd only met Josh and Ange earlier that year. They'd They'd, Pastor Peter had had a relationship with Josh and he just would talk about this man with such just, just awe. And I was like, we've got to meet them. And they came and they ministered with us in Colac. And I just thought there's something about these people. And I remember having this thought like I wasn't expecting Pastor Peter to go to heaven. I was, we were believing for a miracle. And, but I had this thought like if we needed to ever come under someone, I'd love to come under them. And so then in this time period, and I'm taking a little bit of time with the story, but I hope you, I just want to explain the backdrop tonight. 
And so in that time period, I don't know them. I've met them once when they came to my church. And then Pastor Peter said, we're giving them a holiday in Apollo Bay. I was living in Apollo Bay at the time. But don't contact them. Don't talk to them. They just need a break with their kids. They're missionaries. So I was respectful of that. So I'd only really met them in the church service. And I think knowing Josh and Angela, they would have been like, please hang out with us. But I was like, no, okay, I won't do that. Um, And so then... Basically, I, I contacted them via Facebook Messenger and said, can I please talk to you? And uh, this was past Peter was having palliative care and I just explained the process and Josh was like, okay, that makes sense because I haven't heard from him for a while. And I said, oh, look, in the next coming weeks, we had a number of conversations and they talked me through how to explain to the church what was happening because Pastor Peter had been very quiet about what was happening and some people didn't realise that it was end of life. Um, they didn't realise, they know he'd been in hospital and absent, but they didn't know. And here I am having to, and so they talked me through, they are so amazing. And then they said, yeah, come and be part of our Divergent Global Chat. We will mentor you. Josh and I wrote up a little, well, Josh wrote most of it. <laughs> Who knows, that's, that's Josh's vibe. He's like, how about you give this to your board? How about you do this? And uh, so I, I did make a few tweaks. He let me make a few tweaks. But he's very structured and organised. And so... Basically, uh, I got to know this divergent family, but then I was like, oh, it'd be great to get up here, and then the pandemic hit. And so I've only known Kate and Rach over Zoom. And the team, I have only met them on Friday night. I know Jen and Dan, but outside of divergent, I just think that's so cool. But So there's all these people, Nicole and Ryan, that I'm getting to meet that I've only ever seen your face on Zoom. So it's pretty cool how God sets things up how he puts the right people in the right place at the right time. And I am eternally grateful for your church. I'm grateful for the heartbeat of Divergent. I'm grateful that that you are kingdom focused, like spending time with Kate and Rach this weekend, uh, just kingdom focused. It's not just about building Divergent. Kate's running, I don't know if you guys know, but he's running an internship for all these people, some from my church, some from uh, Albury around there, country area, um, some from... Japan and Turkey and he's doing that because he wants to resource the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but that's awesome. Yeah? And so I'm going to get to my message. But I am just so grateful. And I want you to know that, Rach, too. I'm just so grateful you guys embracing us. I know it was a bit weird. I kind of felt like that weird cousin that no one knows who they are when I jumped on these meetings. Um, But it's so awesome to be here and what a privilege I feel really honored I was happy to just come up for the weekend and then Cade's like hey will you preach I don't think Cade's heard me preach and I was like yeah okay cool yeah thinking one service it's like I'll get you to preach at three I was like okay I did joke with people on Friday night I reckon this one's gonna be the funnest so um yeah, so it's all good. But let's get into this. Why don't we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to direct us where he wants to go tonight. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're in this place. I thank you that that you are so present in our lives. And Lord, I just give you this message tonight. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would uh, direct uh, direct me, Father, in where you want this message to go, that you would anoint my lips. Lord, that there be something for each person. We just give it to you. We ask you to speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So that was a long intro. You got a different intro to everyone else, but that's okay. Uh, I just, it was funny actually, because Cade said, 
Um, I'm not used to like being given a theme, to be fair. Um, we just kind of roll with what the Holy Spirit's doing in our church, and that's okay. But he gave the, t- the theme of Upside Down Kingdom, and I actually found this hilarious because uh, I was like trying to process what does that mean, God, and what do you want me to say when I'm here? And as I'm getting ready, or the next few days after, my sister says, and I really didn't want to do this. She's like, just before I go to work, she's like, can you please look over my performance review before you go to work? And I was like, oh, are you serious? But I sat down with her and we're on the laptop and I'm just correcting stuff. And then all of a sudden, and I didn't even know this was possible, but I must have clicked something or some combination of keys and literally the laptop screen flipped upside down. Did anyone know that could even happen? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I was, I was kind of at the moment like, oh my goodness, I don't have time for this because um, I had to get to work. But I was like, well, how did that even happen? And uh, good old Google. So I got out Google and I realised that that was a thing. Yeah, and I don't know why they would make it a thing. Like, why would you ever want your screen upside down? Seriously, why? Like, anyway, so that's just what I was thinking. Anyway, so we got on Google and everything was counterintuitive. The mouse went the wrong way. And so I couldn't do it, so my sister did it. I couldn't even look at the screen. It was so weird to look at. And so, uh, anyway, we got it back to normal. But I just thought it was funny and I said to my sister afterwards, at the time I didn't, and then afterwards I said, hey, how funny is that? The theme uh, Kate has given me is upside down kingdom. Maybe he's just confirming his word. Uh, and, and I guess the only point I took from it was, you know, we want to put things right way up. It was so messed up. And our world in many ways is so messed up. And I don't want to actually go into that tonight, but we are called to be counterculture. We are called to flip things back to how they're meant to be. You could get so used to it being upside down. And our world is so used to doing things the way they do things, and God just wants to flip it around back to how he intended. But I actually want to preach tonight about earthen vessels and God's power being made perfect in weakness. Because you know what? The world tells you to hide your weaknesses in many ways, doesn't it? You don't go to a performance review. Well, sometimes, you, you know, you rate yourself. But you're kind of trying to sell yourself, aren't you? You're trying to look good. You, you don't want everyone to know this is what's really going on behind the scenes. You know, we want to be accepted, thought well of. We want to achieve. Sometimes we even believe that we need to be perfect. Anyone a perfectionist in here? Yeah, <laughs> I feel ya. <laughs> And, and we, and we want to do that and we feel like we need to get everything right and then at other times there can be like this pride, like, yep, I've arrived, I've got it all together and that's just as bad and God's like, no, you haven't. Time to come down a peg or two. But the world feeds into this idea of bettering yourself, of striving for success, of needing to be someone and to leave your mark on the world. Selfish ambition is so different to godly ambition. Selfish is all about me and me feeling good about myself, me doing this. But godly ambition wants to bless others. It it wants to leave a legacy. It does want to leave a mark, but eternal, things that are eternal, not just things of this world. So that's where I want to go today. I actually want to talk about weakness. 
and how God can use our weakness as an incredible platform for his power to flow through us. I love, we're going to talk a bit, I'm going to go way off my notes, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to talk about treasure in jars of clay and, and the fact that that vessel, they were used every day and they were weak and vulnerable. And God says that my power is made perfect in weakness and we have this treasure in jars of clay and that God's designed it that way so that he gets the glory. He gets the glory for what happens in us. And sometimes we have to think we're all together, even during the week, over summer, just, oh, I don't know, sometimes leading a church is tough work. <laughs> and I was at this point, I was just like, oh, God, can I do this? And I, and I was talking to my sister, just, I just felt a bit overwhelmed. And she was so good. She said, Marnie, you're not called to carry this on your own. Like, we're a team and we carry this together. And she's like, and I was just like, yeah, that's right. I'm called to do what God has called me to do. I'm not called to be amazing at every facet of church life. I definitely can't do the tech stuff. But, you know, sometimes we have this expectation that we're supposed to be everything to everyone. And that's not, that's not actually what we're called to do. Let's get back to the notes. <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun. This is the third time. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10. And I love this. I've been reading through First and 2 Corinthians and just seeing so much more in it than I have before and just these themes. But Paul is talking about boasting in his weaknesses. This is prior to this. And then he says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, who knows it's not good to become conceited, <laughs> Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How good is that? How good is that? And we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was. There's lots of different commentaries. Could have been something physical that everyone could see. We don't know. And it's probably good we don't know because we all have weaknesses. And obviously Paul's like, haven't you been with God? Like, God, take this away. Just make me better at this. And sometimes he's like, actually, that's who I've created you to be. And I'm not, please don't hear me the wrong, wrong tonight, is that God wants to, we, we add skill and we develop. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, uh, we need to be okay that we are weak and to understand that the power is in God. And we do develop skill and we do grow in our gifting and we do fan into flame the gift that God has placed on your life. I want to read, because this he just puts it so well. It's a commentary from David Guzik and this is what it says. It's talking about this passage. It says, think about this man, Paul. Was he a weak or strong man? The man who travelled the ancient world spreading the gospel of Jesus despite the fiercest persecutions, who endured shipwrecks and imprisonment, who preached to kings and slaves, love that, 
who established strong churches and trained up their leaders was not a weak man. In light of his life and accomplishments, we would say that Paul was a very strong man. But he was only strong because he knew his weakness and looked outside of himself for the strength of God's grace. If we want lives of such strength, we must also understand and admit our weaknesses and look to God alone for the grace that will strengthen us for the task, for any task. It was the grace-filled Paul who said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How good's that? I just couldn't say that as good as he writes that. But doing in our own things in our own strength, it doesn't, doesn't bear fruit long term. It just doesn't. It, it's limited and sometimes we need to learn. I mean, who hasn't strived here and done things in their own strength? Sorry. Yeah, most of us have. And I, I tell an embarrassing story about me and I'm going to tell it tonight too just because I'm on a roll. But uh, I remember when I was leading youth and it just came out of a need. At first, I had no idea what I was doing. I was leading a youth and I'd never actually been in a youth ministry. There was no youth ministry in Apollo Bay. There was once a year, there was like a one-week beach mission that these Christian crew would come to Apollo Bay and they'd run these teenage nights and I'd be like, yeah. And I first learned about DC Talk, but you guys are probably way too young for that. So, yeah, go Rach. We're sort of the same vintage. And uh, I remember being on my bed like, what would, you know, I just don't know, what would Jesus do? You know, my best friend was born in a manger. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Just, just, my sister has this great memory. So she was, she's six years younger than me. And she just remembers, she's like, I love those times where you had that DC talk CD and we would just like rock out in your room and then declare that Jesus is our saviour. But uh, anyway, when I was leading, I was leading youth, I didn't know what I was doing. But that was kind of good because I just had to rely on what God was doing. I didn't really know I was being led by the Spirit, but I kind of was. And then um, I went to Bible college. <laughs> and then I started to like think about what I was doing. I started to learn some stuff. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but in some ways, we just need to make sure we're humble and being led by the Spirit and not like task or this is what you should do in youth ministry. And anyway, one of the projects we had to do, it was kind of all those sort of smart goals kind of things and you kind of had to make a project plan for your youth ministry and how you're going to build it and da 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 Anyway, there's good ideas and there's God ideas. And I, in that time, there was a real issue because we were reaching these young people, these unchurched young people, but they weren't coming into church on a Sunday night. It just wasn't happening really. But they were coming to youth and stuff was happening and it was a really, it was a real need to try to bridge the gap and get them into church. But I was like, I had this idea. I'm like, I went to my pastor at the time. I can't believe this. It's such a sucky idea. But uh, I went and I said, you know what we're going to do? I was so confident, like too confident. I was like, we're going to have this thing called cook before church and we're going to get the young people and we're going to get them to come and then we're going to cook like this awesome meal and I'm not that good at cooking. But we're going to cook this awesome meal and then, then we'll get their parents to come and yeah, it'll be really good. But as we got close to the project, I was like, oh, uh, to doing it. I was like, maybe I shouldn't. But I was like, I'll put it on my Bible college assignment. I have to implement it. Never do that. If I went back in time, I would never do that. So anyway, I bought all this food. I did all this stuff. And you know what? The night was a total, utter, complete flop. 
like so bad. Like I was like running around, the, the food didn't taste that good. Not many youth turned up to actually cook, so it was probably just me and my sisters. And then, I don't know, one old lady turned up, which was, I mean, that was, God had grace. There was one good thing. One, old, one unsaved old lady turned up because my sister had invited her. But all in all, we have to choose the things we put our effort and our time behind. And we want to choose God ideas, not good ideas. We want to choose the thing that God has, that he's going to have his grace and empowerment behind and, and, and run with everything behind that. And there's a grace to it and ease to it. You know what? Cook before church. I think it took me like, nah, three months to recover. No, nah, no, nah, it didn't. But it wasn't a great thing. But I'm giving that example to say, Make sure that you ask the Holy Spirit when you need to make choices and that you would ask him to give you the God idea. Now, I want to give an example. I want to preface it. I'm not a surfer, but I'm going to give a surfing example because I think it's... I've grown up on the coast pretty much my whole life. I love the beach. I love swimming, but I never really got into surfing. It's, and that's okay. But it's a great example of the Holy Spirit leading us and us to be able to partner and, and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So when a surfer goes out, obviously waves come in sets. So it can be flat and, and then, you know, you have these sets that come of the waves. And so surfers, they try to get on the, they need to get on the right sort of, I don't know where they go, but they go sort of in front of the wave or they're going to go sort of, not exactly where the wave breaks, but it's really important that they start to paddle at the right time. So if they paddle at the right time and they're able to get onto the wave, they don't actually, once they stand up, it's just the whole force of the wave that is propelling them. It's, it's empowering them to the beach, if you want to take my example. But what you can do, if they paddle too early, they're just using all their energy and the wave's not there. Okay, and then the other thing is you could just be there and not paddle at all and you're probably not going to get on the wave. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do things in Canberra. He wants to do things here and he is going to lead. He's leading Murray and Nicole and Ryan. <laughs> do you know I called Kate Josh <laughs> before in the last meeting? <laughs> so, and you know what? There's this leading in the direction of the Holy Spirit and then there's things to put your weight and your time and your resources behind and then there's that moment where, uh, you know, the, the grace of God, the, God, the leading of God, he wants to do something and then that you just partner with him. It's actually the strength of the wave that, that, that propels the surfer to the shore, not the surfer. They could paddle in, but it's going to be a lot harder, Yeah. And it's not actually why you go for a surf. <laughs> you go to have that, that, not that I surf again, but you go for that experience and that adrenaline. And, and the, but, that, and, but that's kind of when the Holy Spirit moves. It's kind of like that. And we're just in the right place at the right time. We partner with him and there's an ease to it. We take like a few strokes or we, we do the thing that he's calling us to do, but then his Holy Spirit just comes and moves in it and does far more than we could ever do on our own. Sorry, I get excited about this. So my, one of my questions tonight is, will you partner with what the Holy Spirit is doing? Yeah. And will you be prepared to, I think you need to know the leading of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They, they happen simultaneously. 
yeah? Because the leading gets you to the right place and then the empowerment comes. And I forgot to mention before, but that verse about power and weakness, it's actually talking about dunamis power. So that's the power if you read the, the book of Acts, when they were gathered, the 120 were gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon them and empowered them, it was the dunamis power. They were told to wait there before they went out to Samaria, to Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we need the Holy Spirit. If we're going to do anything effective for the kingdom of God, we need the Holy Spirit's empowerment. I think about the 12 disciples. It was a ragtag bunch. God likes to choose the unlikely. I'm kind of glad about that. I'm really glad about that because sometimes I'm like, I wouldn't choose me, but he does and he chooses you. And each one of us have a different call and a different gifting. But don't discount what you bring to the body of Christ because you bring something unique. And, and, and I like to think sometimes that some people's salvation is on the other side of your obedience. But they were a ragtag bunch. I kind of like that. I kind of like diversion as well. Like, all your leaders are different. Like, sometimes you go to some churches and everyone speaks the same and does the same. I really love it here because there's just such diversity and gifting and, and that, is, that is encouraged and champion, championed. All righty. I also think Peter was probably a pretty good fisherman, but I don't think he had a lot of practice public speaking or, or preaching the word or teaching the word. And then... After being baptised in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he preached and 3,000 came to Christ in one day. And he was quoting Old Testament scripture. How awesome is that? God can use a fisherman. God can use you. Remember when we see the disciples sometimes and we go, wow. We've got to remember they were ordinary, everyday people doing their job, doing their thing when they were called. I want to say today that God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called. If you hear one thing from me tonight, please hear, don't, don't undervalue what God has placed on your life and the difference and the influence you can have. I'm so grateful. I'm going to go back to my past, but I'm so grateful for him and his life and his ministry and he would invest the time to come to Apollo Bay. Did he know that he would pass the baton to me in a leadership team? No. But they went out of their way. And God has placed you here for such a time as this and placed you together. I just want to read 1 Corinthians 26, 29. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring, the, to, bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That's powerful, isn't it? He chooses us. Even before we know him, he has a plan and a purpose. He loves to use the unlikely. Sometimes we write ourselves off, don't we? We think, oh, we're not talented enough, we're not good enough. 
What if you just did what you were called to do and paddled at the right time and God's grace just came upon you to do what can't be done? That's what empowerment's about. It's about God empowering us to do what we can't do in our own strength. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 11. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of death, in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. I was also thinking Jesus died in weakness and he rose victoriously in resurrection life. And you know what? We have that living inside of us. I think sometimes we forget and I think sometimes our mind gets in the way. You know, we place limits on us that God has never, ever placed on us. I did. I'll tell one last story and then we're going to sort of wrap up. But I got to a season in my life, I thought certain things had to, I felt called by God. But then I was walking it out and I got stuck because I thought certain things would happen at a certain time and they hadn't happened and I felt like my call and my destiny was blocked because of that. And I felt, I got angry at God really. I was like, God, why? I've trusted you, I've served you. I I had actually just made a choice not to have a backup plan. I didn't go to uni, I just went to Bible college. I did really well at school. And I'd made these choices and then I was in this place. I was like, God, what are you doing? what are you doing? And I remember, you know when you're not in a good place and then you're supposed to be somewhere? There was a conference and it was at a small, oh, it's bigger than my church, but a church called Generations in, in Tatura up in country Victoria and there was a conference and I think it was like, uh, I don't know if I was supposed, like it wasn't necessarily for my demographic, but they'd ask me if I'd drive kids or go or I kind of felt, I was probably at the edge where I was like, I don't know if I'm really a young adult anymore, <laughs> to be fair. So, but anyway, I decided to go kind of out of obligation and I remember sitting in this meeting and it wasn't even what the preacher said. It was a great preacher. I think it was Russell Evans or someone like that. It wasn't even what the preacher said. But I was there in that meeting and and. And these are the moments you need to seek out with God because one word from him can change everything. One word can change your perspective. And I was there in the meeting. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I felt very clearly God speak to my heart. And he said to me, Marnie, I have not and I will not change my mind about you. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what those people say. It doesn't matter that I felt. I felt like at that point in time, everything I was touching was failing. Like I just was mucking up everything. I was butting heads with my pastor all the time. And in that moment, God spoke to me. And I want to tell you today that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And you know what? We can mess up sometimes. We can even get messed up in sin or we can just lose our confidence or just have life come at us. But I tell you what, God doesn't change his mind about you. Sometimes we just need to get in alignment with how he sees us. So couple more things. I just want to say too, our humanity is not something to be feared, but it is something to be surrendered. Our weakness and our frailties. 
It's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be good at everything. It's okay to have weaknesses. But we surrender it to God. And I just want to close. I just want to, I just, want to just summarize what I want to remind you of today because a lot of this will be a reminder. But I want to remind you, and I said it before, that God has placed you here for such a time as this. I am amazed with how God has set things up in my life. Even that I'm connected to Divergent is just amazing. I want to remind you that you are chosen and called by God. He, he chooses you. And sometimes we go, I don't know what my con- contribution is, but I'll tell you what, you do have something contrib- to contribute. I say to people in our church, don't worry too much about what you're gifted to, just serve. Your gifting becomes apparent as you serve. People, other people see it. Just serve. Just do something. Just step out, invite someone to church like Murray was talking about. Weakness is not to be feared or covered up. I'm liking the way the church is going. There are more and more pastors being real about their weaknesses and their struggles, and I think it's important. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And you know what? In this upside down, or should I say right way up kingdom, God's power is made perfect in weakness, in earthen vessels, in jars of clay. I love that. And God wants to empower you to do things that you cannot do. That's where the, the fun starts. That's where he begins. He's like, if he's called you to something you can do in your own strength, you don't need God. But he calls us to things that we need to rely on him. We need to trust him. We need to be empowered by his spirit. He also places us in church family and together under the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can do far more than any of us could do on our own but with the Holy Spirit. So I just want to leave you before I hand back with Ephesians 3.20. I'm going to read it on the screen and then I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than we could ask, I better check I'm doing the right version, we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. His power at work within us. It's not our own strength, but he wants to work in us and he's able to do so much more than we could imagine. The Amplifier said, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitively beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Can I leave that with you today? Shall we quickly pray before I hand back? Oh, Lord, I just thank you for each person in this room. I thank you that they are called, that they are chosen, that they have something to contribute to the body of Christ. I thank you, God, that you're, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all together. But in that your power is made perfect in weakness and you choose to, you get the glory, Father. So, Lord, we want to be used by you. We want to be vessels, Father. We want to be conduits for your power to go out. So, Lord, I pray you would give us opportunities. I pray that we would follow the leading of your Holy Spirit and we would be empowered by you to go and change the world, to turn it right side up. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.